2: There's a fly ball to left field. That one is well hit. And that's his second home run of the season. Justin Turner hits one way out into the pavilion in left center. Here's the 0-1, Turner with a fly ball to center field. And see Arne going back at the wall and it is gone, a home run. Justin Turner with his second home run of the night. And the Dodgers now lead it five to nothing. Three and two, two out. Runners go from second and first, and Turner with a fly ball to left field. Justin Turner's hit his third home run of the night. A three-one blast. It is now nine to nothing. And Turner taking his time, going from base to base. What a shot. What a night for the Dodgers.
4: I hate you, I hate you, I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. Player haters ball right here from Chappelle's show coming straight out of this microphone to everybody out in L.A. for a montage of a regular season Dodgers win. Uh,
5: you got to give Ryu some props, too, because he almost no-hit your your Braves, uh. Jason. Yeah, I'm not giving anybody props. Danny G., Roberto Flores, Eddie Garcia
4: out in L.A., they're all getting a kick out of The I Love L.A. montage right there. I'm seriously going back to Episode 9, Season 1 of Chappelle's Show. Player Haters Ball, one of the greatest sketches in the history of sketch comedy. And I just want to turn into Silky Johnson for the next two and a half hours. (laughs) Nine to nothing. Congratulations on your May the 7th. 2019 shutout win Danny we'll see where the Dodgers are at the end of the season
5: Jason don't act like this isn't a big deal because even though it's just May the Dodgers are 10 games above 500 last season it was the middle of July when they were first 10 games above 500
6: Danny, you you, you haven't. Won, you guys are the '90s Braves. You win the division every year, and you don't win any championships. Well, you guys, it's, it's you a, guys hey, are part hey, of you Hey, guys. we won in
4: '95, and we don't. No, you, need, you don't won. need to subtly take a shot at me, Jeff. You, while you're you going won, after okay, him. you, won you won. hate him. You don't hate me.
6: We're boys. You, you, no, correct, you Jeff. Won. You're from Los Angeles, so you're part of you guys. I'm not a Dodgers fan. (laughs) I mean, Why would I be? I am a Giants fan. We make this very clear multiple times. (laughs) My dad is from the Bay Area. I grew up with Giants and Niners. Even though my dad let me root for the Lakers because I think he's a Warriors fan and they weren't very good when I was growing up. He's like, yeah, just root for the Lakers. At least you have a chance with the Lakers. But um, the Dodgers, same thing every year. Like, show me, go to the World Series and actually, well, don't win. But, like, you're, you're the 90s Braves now. You win the division. It'll be seven straight years. You won the division probably. I mean, unless the Padres with their young kids, make some sort of run. The Giants ain't winning. Um, but so, yeah, great, great. You win the division again. Congratulations.
5: And we're just busting Jason's chops. I know, I know. but I'm going to bust your along. chops now, too.
4: So. <laughs> it's I awesome. can't believe you had a montage of that, though.
5: We got yeah. that montage ready in two minutes, too. We were like surgeons over here. <laughs>
4: That's awesome. (laughs) That's the hardest you guys have ever worked. You've never worked that hard for Clay in your entire life, but you're just like, oh, we're going to dog him because the Dodgers beat the Braves last night, nine to nine. Yeah,
5: and it was dollar Dodger dog night, too, so the fans got an extra bonus there. Were you out there? I guess not, right? No, we were sleeping after the games. Do you like
6: Dodger dogs?
5: Yeah, but there's two different kinds of Dodger dogs. Was it Clay that went after Dodger dogs? Yeah. Clay Travis is the guy. Remember, I I got him good on April Fool's. I wrote some fake commercial copy for AMPM and Dodger Dogs. And Clay read it like a true pro on the air. And there was a line in there talking about how they're the best things in the world. He had to read it. It was great. (laughs) Clay doesn't read
4: anything like a true pro. Oh, he read that. He
5: read that like a pro. Because our boss, Scott Shapiro, had sent an email announcing how this new great sponsor was coming on. And so before the show started, Clay told us, hey, did you see how Dodger Dogs and AMPM, they're a new sponsor? So let's get it right. Da-da-da. I got the email from Scott. So he well gets done, in. Man. Yeah, he he rips that read. And then at the end of the read, I told him, well, you're kind of lying. You said on the show the other day you hate those Dodger Dogs. And he got so pissed off. He was yelling at me during <laughs> the commercial <laughs> break. And then you told him oh, it was a lie? Yeah, he was so <laughs> mad. And we couldn't keep it going because he was so pissed off that we had to break it to him on the air that it was an April yeah, that's Fool's That's twice <laughs> you've gotten him this year. My man is really
4: showing a gullibility streak as of late. That's, that's good Danny, stuff, Danny.
6: Is the Doyer dog still a thing? I feel like that's not politically correct anymore to have, to have a Doyer dog.
5: What do you mean? I don't know they, what that they, is, the, Jeff. The
6: Doyer Dog was the one that they, they unveiled that had chili, nacho cheese, tomatoes, onions, Oh, I got you. Is that still a thing there, too?
5: To be honest with you, Roberto would be the one to ask because he gets to go to way more Dodger games than I do.
7: Yeah, they still have it. They still sell yeah, it,
5: right? that's like his family thing with his dad and his wife and daughter. I see all these pictures on social media. Roberto's at so many Dodger games.
4: Do you right. have season tickets? Or you no, just go? No, you no. Just- just go. I just,
8: yeah. My, it's my, that my high
4: wife, FSR salary. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah
6: sure. <laughs> I don't know.
8: <laughs> my wife loves baseball, and my daughter
5: likes it too, so we go as many games as we can. Oh, it's awesome.
4: So, Danny, what did you think watching Embiid last night? Are we off base here? These last two games have been really disappointing to me because it feels like... I mean, we've seen Kawhi step up. Kawhi didn't have to step up as much last night, but he still contributed. It wasn't his best game, certainly, of this postseason, but Siakam picked everybody up. But Embiid in these last two games, this is where he's got to take this series by the helm. And he just has given his team nothing in these past two
5: games. Yeah, well, not to throw you under the bus, Jason, but it reminded me of the day you and Jeff filled in last week. Remember, you came on the air and you explained how you had allergy issues. No, I was sick last week, no doubt. <laughs> but that's... I still showed up and performed. True, you did show up. I don't know about the performance part, oh, but you okay, showed. Danny.
6: Unless it's snowing.
5: Yeah. Well, look, if you are under We're the not weather, talking about that. I mean, the TNT guys—they keep saying it, and they're—and it's right on the money. You got to show up. I mean, Shaq and Charles and the crew—they've been giving Embiid a lot of crap. And rightfully so, because you have to suck it up in the playoffs especially. I mean, during the regular season, to be a leader on your team, whether you're under the weather or not, you got to come through for your team, your organization, your fan base. I mean, for Embiid to be like, I don't feel good. I have the sniffles. I have a chest cold. I have allergies. I'm not feeling well. And the sideline reporting or the side court reporting is starting to get on my nerves where they're following Embiid's allergy sniffles. You know, it's like da, 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 breaking news. Embiid has a has a tissue in his hand right now. Come on, dude. Suck it up and play some good basketball.
4: I mean, yeah, that guy has to show up because that guy is the guy that makes them go in many ways. Like some people are going to say it's Ben Simmons, and it would be Ben Simmons on an embiid team. And I don't know who you bet on going forward if you're the Sixers if it comes down to being able to keep one of those guys. Embiid certainly has this kind of very unique skill set and Ben Simmons has this real problem and this is a big problem when you're in the the NBA where he can't shoot like that is a certainly a consideration but he's an exquisite passer and he can usually get to the 10 if he's got the right guys around him that's why Tobias Harris was such a good move because it created spacing that otherwise wasn't there but when Embiid is not on the floor Ben Simmons is generally a much more effective basketball player So I don't know who you're going to bet on long-term there. I do believe that those two guys are not long for one another when it comes to playing alongside one another as teammates.
6: I think the Sixers are going to bet on Embiid. I would bet on Simmons. And you're right. When Embiid is out of there, it gives Simmons easier access to the lane. Because he's not clogging it up. He's a much better player. Now, there's a, there's a legit concern of, of Simmons not being able to shoot the ball. And, yes. you know, obviously he's practicing. I have to imagine he's practicing. I, I, he must not just feel confident in attempting any shots. Um, it's something he's got to work on. But he plays more often than Embiid. I know he hasn't played well. I get that. But I feel like uh, that's a function of just the way their team is set up as of right now. And like you said, he and like I have said, he can't get to the lane right now because Embiid is clogging it up in the middle. So I would bet on the guy who seems to play more often, who seems to be more healthy or not making excuses for. Um, I bet on him, and I bet on Butler, and I get rid of the big guy we've seen throughout history, you know, like the Lakers and Shaq. You kind of got to get rid of the big guy. Like, they they eventually break down. Their careers are shorter sometimes. Go with the younger player, the more dynamic passer, um, who's good on defense, Go with that guy over the big man who gets hurt and can't play all the time.
4: And when you talk about Simmons and his shot, there are guys that have developed a shot kind of out of nowhere in the NBA that couldn't shoot in college. Guess one of them is in this series. It's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard at San Diego State could not shoot at all. And early in his NBA career, he couldn't shoot. Now that guy is pretty daggone efficient on the floor. Last night he had 21 points on 7 of 16, but that broke a five-game playoff streak of 30-plus. I mean, he is... Where is Kawhi on your list of best players in the NBA right now? He's got to be top three. It's like Giannis, well, yeah. Kevin Durant, him, and then LeBron still kind of right in that mix as well, certainly.
6: Well, I think we're seeing Giannis and, and KD really assert themselves in the playoffs. You know, after game one, where the Celtics... Really did a good job on Giannis, and you know there were questions. Well, can, can the Bucks adjust? What are they going to do? And they've obviously shown that they can adjust. Um, and, and you know maybe it's some of the Celtics undoing. We'll we'll get to them at some point. Obviously, KD. I mean, look, I think Steph Curry is still an outstanding player. Um, you know, we've seen where his team wins a lot of games when he scores a ton of points. Not really the case when Kevin Durant always scores forty points. But Kawhi keeps climbing up to, the, to that top three or four, and I think it's because of the playoff performance. I know it is. When you play better in the playoffs, those count as more points, higher amount of points, whatever you want to say, more value on on the idea of better player because this is when it matters the most. It matters the most how you play in these big games, and he is crushing it. He is, by the way, almost exclusively making his shots from the corner or from the middle of the paint, like nothing between the corner and and the elbow at all it's all right kind of down down the middle or in the very far corners the very interesting his shot map
4: man we're sitting here in our chat window in our three different studios our three different <laughs> geico outkick studios just talking baseball smack back and forth and danny's real sold on dodgers 2020 what do you not what this do you say? season
6: not not this season danny next season yeah exactly
5: yeah both back to back okay. yeah but you can't yeah. even mention 2019 Not just this season, but next season as well. You see, the bats are on fire to the point where our bullpen can't even screw this up. The difference that the bats are doing this year, they're actually getting hits with uh,
6: two strikes and they're getting hits with with two outs and runners on scoring position.
5: That's the difference.
6: I'm excited as a non-Dodger fan, as someone who does not like the Dodgers, to watch Bellinger not play in three World Series games. Like I cannot wait for that time to come. It's going to be fantastic. No, he's going to play. the or... How no, dare I mean, you? It just it's just you know, it's okay. <laughs> just he won't play. You you know you'll your starting pitcher will go four and a third in the playoffs. It's, I'm excited to watch you guys manage the the postseason like usual. Yeah, in such I, a stellar fashion. I
5: can't wait to see the Giants win a World Series in another 56 years, like it took oh, them the first time. Oh, and
4: Jeff Jeff taking subtle shots
6: you haven't about won a Sid a championship since 1988. What's your I and the Dodgers, right now? the Dodgers still have. Who cares? Have, We're supposed to be and the still have more World Series yeah. in Los Angeles than
5: the Giants do in San Francisco, so that takes care Probably. of
4: that. Let's let's go to break. I've had about <laughs> enough of this. Uh, come back on the other side, John Campbell. Let's ask John, Sorry, John Campbell this. about yep.
3: this. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Jeff Schwartz is in Charlotte. I am Jason Martin, host of the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. The crew out in L.A., W. with me here in studio in Nashville as well. We welcome in our good friend John Campbell. He's on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. Of course, oddshark.com, a great place to go to try and win some money or to be smart about what you're going to bet on. Johnny, how are you this morning? Doing great,
7: Jason. Jeff, how's it going?
4: Pretty good. So let's talk about these two playoff games tonight. Boston and Milwaukee, a lot of people seem to think the Celtics are done. Giannis is playing out of his mind. Kyrie, when things go bad, he's the last guy that you want around you. And then Houston-Golden State, pretty even series here, but they're back in Oakland. And Golden State seems like they're primed for a good one. How do you see these two games playing out?
7: Well, we have a big number uh, in the Celtics-Bucks game. Bucks are favored by nine points. So, a little bit of a surprise, but that tells you how things have been going in this series. I I do think that's too many points in this one. I think Boston can keep this one closer and and fighting for their lives now. So, I think that one's going to be a little bit closer. I think that that's a high number. I, I like Boston in that one. I like uh, the Rockets in the other one too. This is a six-point number, which is a little bit high. I think Houston got off to a rocky start in this series and go down a couple on the road. They look so much better back at home, back to playing tough defense, and they're getting two possessions, six points here, and I, I like the Rockets to cover this one and keep it close. I, I think they're worth the money line go, and they might even pull out a win here.
4: Who has the best odds right now from your perspective when it comes to actually winning the Larry O'Brien and winning the NBA championship?
7: Well, it's 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 the Warriors are the favorites of course right now, but I like Houston. I uh, Clay's been asking me the last few weeks. If if I would take the Warriors or the field and I've been saying the field all along and, and uh, I just think there's some good teams here. I think the Bucks could upset, the the Raptors are looking great right now. I think Houston, uh, I'll stick with it. I think they're going to pull off the upset in this series. But Golden State is now down to minus 120, and we really haven't seen any odds like this for them all season long. They've been hovering around minus 200, minus 250, all year so that's 250 bucks to win 100 we're now down to much closer uh to even money here and the Rockets are around five to one so uh the the Warriors looking vulnerable I I think Houston's going to pull off the upset in this series
6: going to the back to the Warriors and Rockets game all all this entire series Sharps have been hammering the under how do you how do you view the under in a game where you know both teams really great offensively but they kind of struggle at times to score when they play each other
7: Yeah, for sure, and and I think one of the the underestimated parts about the Warriors is that they can play defense when they need to, and that makes it really tough to bet totals. We've seen kind of some big fluctuation in their totals tonight at 219.5, and... It's tricky. I stay away from the totals in this series just because it, it, it's tough. I think they could go way under or they could go way over. And I think overtime is a reality in these games as well. So, uh, I, I would say over back in Golden State. Uh, I think things might open up a little bit, but boy, totals are tough in that series.
6: We've seen the Celtics, at least it feels like to me, have had terrible third quarters throughout the season, especially the last three games against the Bucs. Do you look at maybe, if if you don't like the nine number for the Bucs and you want to take the Bucs, is it playing the third quarter, do you think, maybe pregame to get a good number is the way to go if you want to bet on the Bucks?
7: Yeah, I, I like that. I think quarters betting and, and half betting is, is a great way to go, uh, especially when, when two solid teams are playing like this. And it's funny how certain teams have – these letdown quarters I feel like the Raptors are another team. They'll have a great quarter and then they have a letdown quarter, a great quarter, a letdown quarter. So yeah, I like that. And i like to see what, what the game will give you in game as well. Uh, when I'm betting quarter line. So I, yeah, I mean, I like that.
4: Uh, John, what do you think about tomorrow night's games, potentially Denver and Toronto could close those things out? I'm looking at the numbers. Those look like those are pretty tight. Do you feel like we're going to get, extended series here or are we going to see these two teams close these things out
7: i think we might see the closeouts here and uh, I, I thought the Sixers would give the raptors a much tougher series than what we've seen and, and the raptors are kind of now taking control they're one point favorites in that uh, in philadelphia so I, but i just they just destroyed them last night and were the way better team on the court so tough for me to take the Sixers in that one. The Nuggets have just been doing such a great job with Murray and Jokic, just working running those high picks and rolls and doing such a phenomenal job. And last night they blew out Portland. So i, I got to go with Denver. They're getting three and a half. Again, Denver is, is kind of taking over this series as well.
4: Two questions. We've been sitting here talking baseball smack for some unreasonable reason, both in our, <laughs> our chat window and just sort of on the air. So where are we looking at early World Series betting odds right now, at least in the National
3: League?
7: Yeah, the well, the, the Astros are the favorites, a plus 450, and, and then the Dodgers right behind oh. us. Uh, it's 6-1. to one. And they're definitely winning the World Series. I, I promise oh. you didn't make me say that or oh, anything. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, smart
5: man. John. John,
7: no.
4: Can you tell me who's going to be on the Iron Throne? What are the betting odds? we got two episodes left in Game of Thrones. I, I anticipate they're both going to be very good, and people that have bailed need to calm themselves down a little bit. But how are we standing right now in terms of who's going to be in control of Westeros in two
7: weeks? Yeah, Bran Stark is a favorite at plus uh, one fifty. Yeah, I know, not uh, not the most exciting ruler there. Santa Stark at plus two fifty. Mm-hmm.
6: Jon Snow
7: yeah. is at four to one. He was two to one earlier in the season, so we have seen some odds moves here, and uh, then it goes from there. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen is nine to one. She was the second favorite earlier as well at plus two fifty. So. These have moved around quite a bit from week to week. This is this is one of the crazy things I've ever seen in terms of entertainment odds in the betting industry. The uh, you know people are actually betting on this, like getting a lot on this, and uh, the odds are changing all the time.
4: Have you ever seen a series do something like this in terms of this much interest in Vegas over how a series is going to end, or is this unprecedented in that way? Mm-hmm.
7: it's it's unprecedented there's really over the last few years i've seen the two biggest entertainment uh, prop odds futures odds that i've ever seen generate the most action the most excitement and that's the presidential odds and game Mm. of thrones and and i've just i've never seen anything like it usually we talk about entertainment odds and they're fun to talk about but people don't bet on them and the odds don't move very much but that is not the case here this is just absolutely mind-blowing
4: appreciate it john you're the best buddy we'll talk to you next week
7: Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate
4: it. That's John Campbell of Odd Shark. Follow him at
3: Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, Oddshark, on Twitter. Does a great job. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
4: It's hour number three of the program. Outkick the Coverage, Fox Sports Radio, anywhere in the country, foxsportsradio.com, anywhere in the world. Or you can do it via the podcast. If you're not able to listen to the entire program live, you can get the full archive by subscribing to Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Also, Outkick the Show with Clay Travis, his afternoon show, uh, his internet-based show. You can get everything that you might have possibly missed there. Jeff Schwartz is down in Charlotte. He's at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. I'm at jmartzone, host of the Jason Martin Show, Sunday mornings, 3 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time, here on Fox Sports Radio. So, Amari Cooper, he's looking for a lot of money. Dak Prescott, according to CBS Sports and others, looking for $30 million per year somewhere in that neighborhood, that would put him in a list of just Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and, of course, Russell Wilson, who inked that deal a couple of weeks ago and then went on Instagram uh, afterwards with Sierra. So let's talk about Dak Prescott a little bit here. Then we'll talk more NBA playoffs as we move forward, Jeff. But I've kind of been on record about Dak. I can understand, based on market, what it is that he's looking for, and it's maybe not totally outrageous. I continue to believe about Dak Prescott, that he has a winning mentality, and he's somebody you would want on your football team. But I don't know that he is a Super Bowl-talented quarterback when it comes to being able to throw the ball consistently where you want it. I saw too many occasions last year where Dak Prescott simply was not accurate when he needed to be. He can make a couple of plays for you and win games, but he seems like he's always going to be the guy that rides the line between winning and losing you games based on what he can do with his arm talent.
6: Well, I think you're, you're pretty on point with that. I will say, and this is why I think the Cowboys need to wait to pay him. And I understand that you might, you might pay more to have to wait, but this year you add Randall Cobb, you have Amari Cooper, Jason Witten is back. Your offensive line is probably healthy Um And let's say you open up the offense under Kellen Moore, who's the new O.C. I think we'll get a fuller picture of Dak Prescott this year. I know all the pieces like this one will not always be in place for him. But you'll get an idea to see if he really is elite or not, in my opinion. I would tend to side with you that he is a good starting quarterback in the National Football League. He is not a quarterback by himself that can carry you to a championship. If everything else is in place, he won't screw it up which is what kind of happened when they went 13-3-0 in, um, in uh, what was that, 16 now? I, yeah, I think two that, years ago, yeah, three I years think ago. that Tony Romo would have gone 13-3 with that team, too. Um, that team was really good, they all, and no one was hurt, and they had all the pieces there. So I'm, I'm generally with you. The issue I have with Dak Prescott's contract is he's going to eat up a lot of that cap, and they won't be able to sign all these guys. They won't be able to sign Zeke and Amari and pay all the offensive linemen they have, all the money they have. So if Dak wants to win in Dallas, he needs to take less money than assumed he's going to get. Because if you win a Super Bowl in Dallas, you'll make more money as Super Bowl champion of the Dallas Cowboys. And what comes with that? You'll make that money back up that you lost on your contract.
8: Yeah,
4: that that makes sense. It, It does. It looks like the Cowboys, based on what I've read... They're expecting to give him at least 30 million per year. That's according to the Star Telegram uh, down in Texas, which again puts him in a, a pretty exclusive list. Now he's won 32 games in the last three seasons and he's won two division titles as a quarterback. Now, I don't know how much of that one, is one on him, isn't it? Yes, by two and, points. <laughs> yeah, and that was because Russell Wilson was I don't know what that off. We've talked about that before, but I don't know what the Seahawks were doing. The way that they basically said, "Hey Russ, here's third down and long," after just running first and second continuously during that game, and Russell Wilson still almost did enough to win the game.
6: Yeah, I, I just again, is Dak that guy when things aren't going well? That you I don't think say, so. Put I don't think so either. Um, but this year, this year we'll we'll be able to tell. Um, there has not been a repeat winner in the NFC East since 2004. It's one of my favorite football stats. Will this Will this be the year? There's a repeat winner. I think the Eagles are pretty good this year. If Dallas can win win, win the division again, win another playoff game again, I think people might look at Dak a little differently. But I just I I, I get why he will get paid. You know, you have you know obviously you have to pay your quarterback. But to your point, not a superstar. Not gonna lead you himself to the promised land, and that worries me because I think Zeke Elliott. I'm not a big, I'm not a big pay running backs guy. Yeah, but he's the engine on that team. I mean, he he's the guy that catches the ball in the backfield. Whenever they're in a rut, they throw a screen to Zeke Elliott, and the offense goes off. I mean, it's very predictable what they what how they're going to score their points when they're not in a game. Um, and I just uh, wouldn't know if I would pay him all that money.
4: I mean, Dak's a guy that ideally, when you're looking at his numbers, you're expecting to get in the low 200s passing, and you're expecting to move the chains a few times with him on the ground, keeping the football and going for first downs that way. But he has a tendency. And look, there are other guys in the league that do the same thing that I think are better players, like a Deshaun Watson perhaps. They're going to throw a couple of real questionable passes in every game. And if you're able to take those the other way, you have a really good chance to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott's going to do that, but he's also going to overthrow speedy wide receivers. Who was the – I can't remember the secondary guy. Not Amari Cooper and not Cole Beasley, but they had another receiver that was super fast and somehow Dak Prescott Table would miss him. No, it wasn't Austin. Terrence Williams? I don't know if it was Terrence Williams. I'm going to have to look it up now. But whoever it was – It was not Des Bryant. No, it was it was not Des Bryant. But whoever it was, this uh, Dak found a way to overshoot him or throw to the wrong shoulder two or three times per game. I remember reading a stat about it. It was just like, this guy was open, and they could not find him on key plays. I just It's the accuracy, and maybe it's more just the consistency of accuracy. I do think he has a winning mentality. I like Dak Prescott. Comes across really humble. Comes across... Like somebody you would want to go to war with, I just yeah. don't know that as a passing quarterback in a passing league, that Dak Prescott's who I want to put my money on to win in January.
6: But but Jason, but Gallup, that's
4: it, Michael Gallup.
6: Thank you for thank you for roster searching. Um, I appreciate that, I, Danny G. I um, but the Cowboys in a tough situation because. They don't really have a choice. I mean, if they don't pay Dak Prescott, then are you starting over again? Are you then drafting someone? Because remember, the Cowboys got lucky with Dak Prescott. I repeat that again. They got lucky with Dak Prescott. The Patriots got lucky with Tom Brady. The Seahawks got lucky with Russell Wilson. Those guys were not drafted to be franchise quarterbacks. They were drafted to be depth. That if they became a franchise quarterback, oh well, you know, great. Great for them. If you look around the National Football League, almost all franchise quarterbacks are first or second round draft picks. Tom Brady is the exception. Russell Wilson's the exception. Dak Prescott is the exception. Um, is there anybody so, else we're forgetting in that list, or is that it? Uh, I'm trying to think of. I've done this before in my head. Um, I mean, most look, of them are very high picks. I mean, you can look at like a Jimmy Garoppolo was a second round mm, draft pick. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees was high second round. So he kind of qualifies in that. I mean, if you go over, Kirk Cousins was a fourth round pick. I would say, but even Cousins, then, okay, is he is he elite? Um, no. But you look around the National Football League. Uh, I mean, Flacco was the ninth pick overall. Um, every team seems to have a first or second round quarterback minus four or five, and so that that is so that to me shows you that those teams are kind of lucky. It's a bad. I think it's it makes it sound. Worse than it is, but they really are. I mean, they, these guys were not drafted to be franchise quarterbacks. So what do the Cowboys do? They, they can't go with the, I'm going to draft a fourth rounder again to be the next Dak. It ain't going to work like that. You have to go ahead and find yourself a quarterback in the first round. I don't think they want to rebuild. Yeah. Nah, and and that are not going to be I, bad I enough to even draft a quarterback. I mean, they have to trade back up. I mean, I guess... I just I can't see it happening. So they're kind of stuck. They have to pay Dak. It's a matter of whether or not he's going to structure his contract in a way that is advantageous to get the most players under the cap. Do you feel
4: like that's something he's going to do?
6: No, because almost no players do that. Yeah. The one that does it is Tom Brady. Because and he
4: knows he has long-term security.
6: But he also knows his wife makes like $65 million yeah, a year, too. Right, right. And look, the Patriots, and this is something that's kind of not reported, but it's really interesting is the Patriots are essentially paying his company to have his trainer there. like I, I is that it seems kind of odd, doesn't it that that I mean, I just feel like that he's making money other ways with the Patriots. I don't know could be mistaken on how much that's happening, but they, they've found ways to make it work for him. Um, other, otherwise all quarterbacks take the most money because that's their that's the agent's job is to get you the most money possible. It's an ego issue. You want to be the highest paid. It's obviously financial. You want to have the most money. You want to have job security. all these things. So I do think that he's got to take less, but he's not going to do it.
4: Yeah, and again, I understand why. I mean, you can't blame him, obviously, for trying to cash in as much as you can. If you can go make the money, go make the money. But I also think you're absolutely right. This team goes how Zeke goes. I know it's a quarterback's league, but if, it's, if the offense is flowing through Zeke Elliott, I feel like it's going to be in better shape. That's one thing that's interesting about the Seahawks situation. The Seahawks paid Russell Wilson to not throw the ball anywhere near as much as a quarterback that generally makes that much money is asked to throw the ball. He could throw the ball, but generally paying him and then drafting DK Metcalf, and they mainly drafted DK Metcalf. I listened to Mina Kimes and a couple of other people break this down. They drafted D.K. Metcalf, and that's going to stop people from playing single high, and it's just going to open them up to be able to run the ball even more. Like Everything they do is structured around running the ball, even though they just handed Russell Wilson the richest quarterback contract ever and drafted skill position players around him, including a potential you know, game-breaking wide receiver out of Ole Miss. But they're still going to run the ball. That's what they do. I think it's fascinating that in their case you're going to pay a quarterback what they paid him, to not do the kinds of things that a top flight quarterback would be asked to do.
6: I think they drafted DK Metcalf to just take the top off the defense. I'm not sure that maybe they, they got him at cover too. I mean, you can. I, I I'm not sold on DK Metcalf. I mean, I'm he, not either. We I saw think AJ Brown was better. We saw him in college run run fast, and that's why I think he ended up dropping is because he just ran fast. I mean, a lot of his game is is kind of the two routes, right? The go and the and the post. I mean, that's about what you're going to get from him um and will teams put a safety over top of him in that situation possibly um but it it does scream run the ball play action pass to dk like that's that's what their offense screams at the moment especially without doug baldwin so Mina's right i believe on that yeah
4: no i think i think she is as well when we come back we'll talk a little bit more warriors rockets that's a marquee event tonight in sports and it's a huge game
3: five
1: near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tire sports to see their Toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tire, tire rack.com sports tire the way tire buying should be
2: Three and two, two out, runners go from second and first, and Turner with a fly ball to left field, Justin Turner's hit his third home run of the night, a 3-1 blast, it is now 9 to nothing, and Turner taking his time, going from base to base, what a shot, what a night for the Dodgers.
6: I'm just going to sit here, I'm not talking. People are probably wondering, why are we playing random Dodgers-Braves highlights for the middle of May?
4: Well, it's because you hate the Dodgers, and it's because I'm a Braves fan. It's May the 8th, and they're taking a victory lap.
5: This is real classic. No, it's not a a victory lap. It's because last week, Jason had some disparaging comments about the Dodgers. Did I? Yeah, you did. And we have... uh, you know, memories here in the L.A. studios and some good memories from last night, too, at Chavez Ravine.
4: What did I say last week about the Dodgers?
5: You were, um... Boy, it must have been really bad as you're trying to scramble to figure no, out what it was. No, it wasn't that bad. The Giants actually won one of the games in uh, San Francisco, and so you were saying, oh, Dodger fans have nothing to talk about. Well, that's because you blah, blah, sent blah, me blah, a blah. message.
4: That's because when I talked to you the day before... You said, let's lead the show talking about the Dodgers beating the Giants. And I was kidding. I was kidding. Because Jeff.
5: Yes, I was. Because Jeff, for some odd reason, is a San Francisco Giants fan. Yes, I know that. Who's from Los Angeles. But you
4: were assuming they were going to win,
5: and they didn't win. Well, because the night prior, they had clobbered the Giants like 10 to 3. So it just made sense that they were going to clobber them the next night, too.
4: Makes sense that we are in the Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True Cash offer not available in all areas. Tonight is game five of something that matters in May that being the Western Conference semifinal round matchup between the Golden State Warriors, who will be at home tonight hosting the Houston Rockets, who have won two in a row to not up the series. It's still on serve right now. I'm waiting to see the Warriors look like the Warriors. The big discussion, Jeff, this entire season has been how annoying and obnoxious it is to watch a team with this much talent just kind of... Turn the switch on, sometimes not be able to get up to play like the Timberwolves on a random Wednesday night during the regular season, and this will probably anger Danny G and lead to I don't know what kind of audio being played coming back, or all the guys out in LA actually, but this was kind of the same knock that the Paul Gasol Kobe Bryant Lakers had, right? where they just kind of floated through the regular season and then they were able to flip the switch many times when they got to the postseason. The Warriors, it seems like this team doesn't enjoy playing together as much. When you think about Kevin Durant and whether or not he would stay to win a fourth straight championship, if they won this year, he'd have a chance to come back and do something MJ never did. And that would be historic except for the fact that he would have to sign with Golden State and that would mean he'd have to stare at Draymond Green for another handful of years. And I just don't think that's a tenable relationship. I go back to what happened with them and Draymond kind of telling him behind closed doors, look, you came here and gravy trained. We were winning titles before you got here. And I think the sensitive nature of Kevin Durant, and I remember Ennis Cantor was actually on with uh, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker last week, and he said, and he played for the Knicks, He said, Kevin Durant going to New York, as sensitive as he is, I don't know if that's going to work if he's supposed to go there and be the alpha dog. He's going to need somebody else there to take some of the pressure off him, and that estimation might be Kyrie Irving. I I don't know how that mix would work either, but this Warriors team and just kind of the way that this has gone, it is very obnoxious to see a team this talented and I don't think that this series is indicative of them not being able to turn on the switch because I think that the Rockets are a tough matchup for them and I think we've already discussed that with how Harden plays and just some of the, the dogs that they have on the floor now they lost Ariza and early in the season it was just like oh they can't play defense anymore well what really happened was Jeff Bizdelic. Was not there anymore. They had let him go. He had other things going on with uh, in his personal life, and he came back just after Thanksgiving to the Rockets. He's basically the defensive coordinator. You were saying that we're not giving Dantoni enough credit. It's Bizdelic that's kind of responsible for the resurgence of defense. This Rockets team plays really good defense, tenacious defense, and they bang you around. And that's what they were doing in Houston over these last two games. And as long as they keep bullying Golden State, I don't know what's happened to Clay Thompson. But I know that Kevin Durant is sort of the star. But it seems like this team plays better when it's running through Steph Curry. Because the same thing that happened in Oklahoma City when Kevin Durant was there is happening now in Golden State, which is when Kevin Durant has the basketball, there are a lot of really talented guys wearing Golden State uniforms that just kind of stand there and watch to see what Kevin Durant's going to do. Because he has the most unguardable shot in all of basketball because of his wingspan, his length. There's no one that can block his jump shot. Because you can't jump high enough to actually take that thing out of the sky.
6: No, you cannot. I'm looking up the, the stats now, but I, I believe when Durant has scored 40 points, the um, the Warriors are like 6-7. and seven, But when Curry scores 40 points, they're like 14-2. and two. There's like a crazy number where it's very clear that... When the offense runs through Steph, it's a better offense. Um, I just think that with the Warriors, eventually dynasties end because guys can't stand the other guys after a while. I just feel like the motivation for them is just not there. I know people think, well, wait, winning a championship is not motive. They've won a lot now. They've won for a long time. They've had to play high-pressure games for a long period of time. It's hard to get up for all the high-pressure games every single year when you know you've already won. Like, if they lose this year, their legacy is not tarnished whatsoever. They are still one of the best dynasties we've ever seen in basketball. Now, if they win this year, it almost takes them to, like, another level. But if they lose, it's like, okay, well, we've had a good run. We've won our championships. Duran has won his championships. All right, we'll we'll move on. And, And their legacy is not tarnished at all. To your point about turning the switch... The Warriors, in my opinion, are the best switch-turning team I've ever seen. The problem is, kind of to what I just said, eventually you can't turn the switch as well. Teams have figured out that's what they do. Teams have figured out, like the Rockets, you can kind of bully Steph a little bit into kind of getting off his game. And they've done a good job of that. And when you're getting physically outmatched, turning the switch is a lot more difficult. And they're having problems. it Now, tonight, I think, I think tonight is a, is a switch turning night. I think the Warriors come out tonight in Oracle. They played pretty poorly in Game 4 and only lost by 4. They played kind of poorly in Game 3 and went to overtime. So they probably feel pretty good that they just have to come with their A game. But to your point, what I keep saying is the Rockets have kind of taken away their A game. So what do they have tonight to overcome that? I'm looking forward to the game. I think they win, like I said. But eventually the Dynasty's getting tired that's what makes the Patriots back to football so impressive to me, is that they just keep being motivated. They find ways like last year, I were an underdog. Not really. I mean, you're not really an underdog, right. but you you were the favorite to win to win the Super Bowl. But you yes, you were an underdog against the Chiefs. You were three point underdogs. I get it. Um but they have to find ways to motivate them. And the Warriors just don't seem as motivated.
4: Yeah, and you know we talked about the Patriots. We also talked about the San Antonio Spurs. And one thing about the Spurs and the Patriots was they would bring in guys and they would always contribute. And they wouldn't always be the most obvious guys. But they would come in and just fit like a glove. Guys like Boris Dial. And just dudes that would come in. Who was another one? Leandro Barbosa was another guy that the Spurs would bring in. That, that guy was just a winner. He fit that system. They would they would be able to win with guys that were never going to be stars in other places, but they would always just show up and do things. You would always have like a Danny Green or somebody on that team that was doing more than you expect. Gary Neal's another example. Patty Mills, who's still with the team, is another example. That's what's rare here, and that's the same thing about the Patriots. Is the same thing. Golden State still is really that Hampton's that Hampton Fives lineup. When you take DeMarcus Cousins out, I don't know what kind of difference he would have made because I don't know how he was really fitting with that team either. There's not a ton – like, Sean Livingston is another guy. Like, Sean Livingston could easily play for the Spurs. Like, watch the way he plays. I could see that. But a lot of these other guys, I I, I just don't know what they offer you. When Jordan Bell comes into the game, I'm not sure what he's giving you right now in this series. But I think the big thing is when Steph – when the ball and the offense are flowing through Steph – There is a rhythm that is not there when Kevin Durant is the guy, right? Because there's a whole lot of standing around, and the passing is just not the same.
6: It's not the same. I think you're you're absolutely right about that. Um, One issue with the Warriors now, a little bit, you talk about the 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 role players. They don't have much depth. No, in the past they've had Iguodala as the sixth man, or you know, obviously he started in the he won Finals MVP as as a guy who was starting though. You know, but they have they've had these depth pieces. They've had shooters off the bench. They don't have that this year. They don't really have. And Houston does have a little bit of depth with with Rivers and some of the other players that have come off the bench. They don't. The Warriors don't have that. And I think it is straining the offense, where maybe Kevin Durant feels like I have to do more because we don't have those guys to kind of fill in the pieces when I'm out, especially well, with Stephen Clay are not playing at the level that we expect to play at
4: well when you look at durant i just i'm trying to figure out what's wrong with clay thompson the only thing that i can come to is clay doesn't know where he fits on this team right now he just he seems like he's a man without a country like he is one of the best shooters he encourages that's the best shooting backcourt in the history of basketball and he can't buy one right now he was what one of six from distance in game four he's totally off and it may be a rhythm thing it may be a catch and shoot thing There's something really wrong with him, and I do think that it has to do with the basketball being in Kevin Durant's hands and and Clay Thompson just kind of shrugging his shoulders and not being able to just kind of find where he's supposed to be on the floor in the same way. It's also affecting his defense. Clay is a first-team, all-NBA-level defender, and this Golden State team has always been underrated with what they can do on that side of the ball. That hasn't been the case either. They have not been nearly as strong defensively as we're used to seeing throughout this run. And that's also helped open the door for Houston. Do you think this is going to be a seven game series? You're picking Golden State tonight. I, I, I think, think so. I am as well. Do you think that this one's going back to Houston and then coming back to Golden State?
6: It is. Remember remember this about defense. Defense is an effort thing. It's an effort thing, right? And obviously you have to be you have to be able to move your feet and but it's it's a lot of times an effort thing. You know, we see with with Boston, right, who's normally a good defensive team, they don't look like they care at all in the paint. I mean, Milwaukee is having free run in the middle of the, of the lane. There doesn't much effort on defense, and for the Warriors, with part of the problem with 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 kind of flipping the switch at times is it's tough to do that and just become an effort team in the middle of a game. Like you either bring it to start or you kind of don't. Now there's times the Warriors have have lollygagged and then eventually picked it up, but. That's where you get affected the most, in my opinion, is on defense if you're kind of a flip-the-switch team.
4: So I see what's going on in the chat window right now, and I know this story. And so we'll talk about these yoga pants and this gator again here on the other side. But let's bring in Eddie Garcia, who is never going to wear yoga pants, and we're all thankful, and I'm sure no one more thankful than him. But let's bring him in. Let's find out the latest. Eddie, what's up?
8: Yeah, thanks for putting that visual in everyone's mind right now. You're uh, welcome. We'll start with Major League Baseball, where we had the first no-hitter of the season last night in Oakland. They had a uh, power delay of almost two hours once they finally got it going. Mike Fiers, the starting pitcher for Oakland, turned out the lights. On the Reds, 2-0. Oakland gets the win for Fires. 131 pitches, 9 innings, no runs, no hits. It's his second career no-hitter, 8th no-hitter in Oakland A's history, and the 300th no-hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. In the NBA playoffs, we had a pair of Game 5 blowouts, nuggets all over the Trailblazers, one twenty four 124-98. Nikola Jokic, 25 points and 19 rebounds. Paul Millsap, 24 points for Denver. They lead the series 3 games to 2. Raptors beat the 76ers easily, 125-89. to It was Pascal uh pascal siakam with 25 points and Kawhi leonard 21 points and 13 rebounds to lead toronto as they lead that series three games to two a deciding game seven in the stanley cup playoffs between the blues and the stars in st louis and the blues get the 2-1 double overtime victory patrick maroon with the game-winning goal in sudden death st louis advances to the western conference finals they await the winner of the sharks avalanche series and game seven in that series comes up later on tonight Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with true price from TrueCar. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We'll be back to outkick the coverage in ten seconds with first a word from farmers. At
2: Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to Farmers.
0: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and
6: Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Now back to Jason Martin and Jeff Schwartz in the Geico Outkick The Coverage Studios.
4: Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Thanks, Eddie. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com. That's the website. And see how much you could save. Jeff Schwartz at Jeff Schwartz. I'm Jason Martin at Zone. Host of the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio, Jeff writes for SB Nation in addition to all sorts of radio exploits. So the story from Florida, because of course it's from Florida. Yesterday. Yeah, it was. It
5: was part of our animal thunder. I'm sure it yesterday. I'm sure that it was. I'm, I'm was. Sure I was, that it was.
4: Yeah. Uh, I would say that I was listening, but I wasn't. Um,
6: no, I, I was just in the car. I don't like go out. I don't. Right. Ride. I wasn't awake. <laughs> you know, you, oh, look at you! You're, you're you're you sleep late. You late sleeper.
4: I try not to be, I turn out to be from time to time, but I mean, I it was, it. you know, seven o'clock hour, I guess probably they, that they were talking about this and oh, my yeah, daily show that. in Nashville was a 6 PM show.
6: I forgot you're, you're an hour behind me. Yeah. I, um, i wake up pretty much every day without an alarm at like six 30, even on vacation. Like I might sleep to seven and then wake up for 30 minutes and go back to bed for like an hour and a half.
4: Is that because of just like your athletic regimen back in the day? Uh, is that because of part, your kids? It's,
6: it's partly, it's mostly because of my kids, but I go to bed at a decent time. So I feel like I'm just, I just need eight hours and I'm done. But, okay. So this woman,
4: first off, I don't know how much, how, how much you went into this, but the question that I continue to have before we even get to the gator being pulled out of the yoga pants and whether or not one photo is this woman, turns out it's not, it's another photo, blah, blah, blah.
5: What were they doing with the 40-plus turtles? They were selling them. That's the conclusion we came to yesterday is that she had all these turtles in a backpack, and they told the police they were collecting uh, rodents. Not, not rodents, but they were collecting, quote-unquote, exotic creatures underneath this overpass in Florida. So it sounds to me like there's some of those busters you see on Craigslist and sites like that where they were trying to sell that's that's is, what it seemed is like. Is there to a us. big
4: like? Is there a big underground like market for Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo,
5: and yeah, Donatello I mean, that we don't know about? People do sell tortoises on some of those websites. Yeah, these weren't like but, big tortoises though. Either, yeah, they're were babies. babies. Yeah, they usually do sell them as babies. So that was the conclusion Clay came to, and I'm like, okay. But then we asked the question was the baby alligator already in her yoga pants, or when they got pulled over for the routine traffic stop, did she panic and throw it in her pants? <laughs> I
4: would say that it's the latter. I thought that when I first saw it. I was like, I don't know why you're rolling with the gator until you absolutely have to roll with the right. gator.
5: Now, if you missed this yesterday on the Animal Thunder you I can mean, go back to the podcast yesterday. It was the uh, last segment of Hour 1 that, that we told this story. But in Florida, in Punta Gorda, this couple gets pulled over. She's 25. Her boyfriend's 22. They find all these turtles in a backpack, and they find a baby alligator that she pulls out of her yoga pants. So this is the story. Has been making the rounds now. Clay demanded that we see a picture of this lady. Of course, yes, of be, course. Because her name, uh, her last name, I think it was uh, Marshawn LaCree or something like that. I'll look it up again. But he said it was a hot girl name. I didn't think it was at all.
4: That doesn't sound like a
5: hot girl name. Uh, uh, okay, Ariel, yeah, Ariel Machan Laquire. Like
6: Ariel, maybe. Ariel, but the not last name has no bearing, I think, in this, but okay. No. Well,
5: he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the fact that I think she's hot. So Dub tracked the picture down, and now we're getting tweets this morning from Outkick listeners showing an article that has the actual picture of her. It's not that. It's Dang. not. It's different. It is different from the picture that Dub found yesterday. So, Roberto was actually right. Roberto called this yesterday. He said it sounded like a chubby girl would throw this baby alligator in her yoga pants.
6: <laughs> Turns
5: out I think Roberto might be accurate. That's right. Yeah.
6: Roberto is is accurate. One of my favorite things to do is, well, I did it once because it was on it was the look social Look up media chubby girls on the internet? No, no, <laughs> not that. That's, that's a different hobby of mine, Jason, okay? I told you yeah. that in private, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look up – this is about Florida story. Look up Florida man and then your birthday. So, like, I look up Florida oh, yeah, man July 11th. It is the one of the greatest activities you can ever do. Um, so, like, mine is Florida man with no arms charged with stabbing man with scissors. That's the headline on my birthday in 2018
4: in Florida. Mine's, mine, I think, is the best. I actually tweeted mine out when I did this thing, and you should do this. We could spend an entire show just having people call in with theirs, but mine – Florida man kills family friend for trying to pick up his imaginary girlfriend.
6: <laughs> what? The I got a pretty good one. Florida good man right. charged with battery for giving girlfriend wet willy. <laughs>
4: Only in Florida, man. Like, I mean, it seriously is something that every single person listening to us can do. Just tweet us. You can tweet at Outkick. You can tweet at J Marzone. You can tweet at Danny G Radio. You can tweet at Jeff Schwartz. These things are absolutely hilarious. Things happen in Florida, folks. That is sort of the moral of the story. But, yes, Clay Travis wrong again. Ariel, not exactly Ariel from the grotto. That's another callback to when we talked about the
3: Disney princesses. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
2: iHeartRadio app. Oh, oh